Welcome to the boss level. My name is Enigma. I am your evil supervillain and your host. Of course, I am also a 15-year industry veteran. I am a lifelong gamer, game console collector, and a part-time streamer. Happy 2024. First week of 2024 is out of the way. Hope it's been a great week for you. I really do. Hope it's been a great week for your loved ones. Hope you're staying warm. Hope you're staying safe. Here in the suburbs of Chicago, we've had some snow this weekend. It's been... Uh, a little annoying. It's not crazy snow, but it's it's annoying enough. And apparently, uh, we're getting more. So yeah, when you live in the Midwest, you're just used to this kind of crap, I suppose. But hopefully, one day, I won't have to worry about this anymore. That's what the that's the plan. One day, as we uh, we'll get out of this place and and move to somewhere warmer. That whenever it gets uh, crazy, go nuts, cold like this, we'll won't have to worry about it and we won't have to worry about the snow either that would be nice that would be really nice but anyway hope you're doing really really well i really do hope everything is just absolutely going amazing for you uh 2024 is here hopefully good things are going to happen to all of us so i have a couple of things i wanted to talk about today on the podcast but to start out let's go ahead and get my good housekeeping out of the way it's going to be short this week uh i'm just going to plug my twitch and twitter accounts as i usually do so guys i said at the top of the show i am a part-time streamer which means i stream on friday nights and sunday mornings over on twitch you can find me at evil enigma on twitter you can find me with at evil enigma on Twitch, that is my uh, my handle on both of those. You can find me there. Uh, Friday nights, I usually do between nine and nine thirty Central Standard Time till yeah, not to, you know three hours plus usually. Uh, that's when I'm streaming Borderlands Three currently with my friend Alex Knightley. Uh, this past week, she was not able to stream for more than an hour, so she apologizes profusely for that. But uh, next week, we will see what happens. Hopefully, we'll go for a little longer. We're on Eden 6 over there, so uh, Borderlands 3 is how I cut my teeth when I first started streaming. That's what I was really got into. That's what I was really streaming. Uh, on Sunday mornings, I've been playing Batman Arkham City lately. You can find me usually between 9 a.m. To, to noon Central Standard Time. You can find me over there doing that. So uh, follow me on Twitch and follow me on Twitter. I would appreciate that. Twitter is where I'm most active. You can find me over there sharing a little funny memes. You can find me hopefully spreading positivity and making everybody feel pretty good. The way I look at it is, is if I can make one person smile per day, I've done something really, really nice. Because uh, there's not enough kindness out there on the internet, I'm afraid. So if you'd follow me on those platforms, and feel free to reach out to me and talk to me as well. I actually do uh, pride myself on being able to interact with my followers. Uh, I am not one of those types that are going to get on to you if you don't have the same opinion as I do. I'm just not that way. So, uh, I mean, please feel free to reach out to me, make suggestions, ask me questions. I'd be more than happy to do what I can to, uh, to uh, answer your questions and, and capitulate to your requests. But we will see uh, what happens. If I have a background in it, I'm more than happy to talk about it. So uh, go ahead and, and let me know. Talk to me. Let me know what's going on. Okay, guys? So thank you so much for listening to that. So I have two topics to talk about today. Uh, one of them is near and dear to my heart. The other one is... Twitch, our favorite, our favorite Twitch. I do stream on Twitch, as I just plugged myself, but Twitch has had some problems recently. As we know, uh, last month, uh, they implemented a new policy for, and I'm using my patented Dr. Evil air quotes here, uh, artistic nudity, and uh, they had to walk it back 24 hours later. Uh, and as we went over before, it wasn't because women were taking advantage of it. It's because guys were. And uh, without really going into more on that, 
there has been a meta on Twitch for the uh, the young ladies who are plugging other websites, and that is the implied nudity uh, angle. There's an implied nudity angle. So what I mean by implied nudity is is that um, a young lady will be on camera. She is completely nude, but she'll have black bars covering up her naughty bits. Uh, maybe the camera's not panning up properly. Uh, or not properly, but not penning up enough. It's just right there, cut off. You know things, things like that. That uh, was something that was a really big thing on Twitch. And uh, once again, I don't. I'm not the, a prude on this kind of thing, guys. I know that I. I don't uh, talk. Uh, I don't cuss and go on. I don't uh, go crazy and 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 on rants or anything like that. But I do have friends that partake in uh not only partake in in the kind of content that that they provide but i also have friends that actually provide that kind of content so i'm not actually a prude on this i'm really not uh, i support the idea that two consenting adults can come to a, a, a consensus as to funds being exchanged for services provided and i really have no real problem with that i really don't as long as they're consenting adults and everything is peachy keen uh, everything's agreed upon go ahead do what you got to do, you know, pay the money, get your content, go do what you're going to do. But I don't believe that kind of content belongs on Twitch. I never really have because Twitch has kids on it. A very large portion of people that uh, are on Twitch are under the age of 18, which makes them minors. And I don't believe that they should be able to walk into somebody's channel and just see that kind of thing. Uh, I never really have. So I realize these young ladies are trying to be young entrepreneurs and, and draw people to other websites, you know, their OFs and, and all that good stuff. And, and once again, I, I, I salute the ingenuity. I really do. But that being said, uh, I don't like the idea of a kid being able to walk in and see that stuff. It just it does not compute with me. Now, now, if you want to blame the parents in some way for not being involved with what their kids are consuming online, you have a valid argument, a very valid argument that, that there's a lot of parents who have just put iPads or, or laptops in front of a kid's face and let that entertain them while they are cooking, working, doing, you know, doing whatever. They're not raising the kid. They're just letting the computer do it so these kids go in they make their twitch account they say they're 18 when they're not there's no checks and balances on that and the next thing you know these kids are, are consuming stuff they're not supposed to be consuming and i can tell you you know uh when i was a a, a young lad uh i was you know i i looked at girls of course i'm, I'm you know, i look at girls i like girls i've always liked girls but uh the, the thing is 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 that uh if i were 14 years old, 13 years old, I would, I would probably be looking for that kind of stuff too. So, but they didn't have that when I was 13 years old, but I'm just saying that uh, their kids find ways to get around everything. And that is a fact. They, if, if a parent puts a blocker on something, kids try to find out the password to get rid of the blocker. It's, that's just how it is. That's it's, I, I can tell you that, uh, something that, kids will always do is try to find a way around what their parents want. That's just how it is. Parents need to be more involved with what their kids are consuming online. Now, it's not saying kids are going to try to get around it, but if, if, a, if a parent is more aware of what's out there and what they're looking at, that's, uh, you know, that, that's, that's much better to me than just a parent finding out through the grapevine, oh my gosh, my kid's been viewing hot tub streams what the heck how 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 did this happen how did this happen and that's because you 
weren't checking up on it, you know. A uh, quick little story is I have a couple of nieces, and my oldest niece, who's about to graduate from high school and go to college, which makes me feel even older, um, when she was over at our house one day, or at the house one day when, when I was at my parents' house, and uh, she was watching things on the computer and I, I just kind of took a little bit of an interest in it just saying hey what, what are you what are you watching and she was watching a streamer stream Minecraft and uh, she was very into it and I was like really and she was like yeah why watch this this and I'd never played Minecraft but she she said he's gonna go to the moon and play with all of his friends and and just she was so into it. the young girl just so into it but it was something that there was nothing wrong with it there wasn't anything wrong with it it was just a, a nice guy who was streaming minecraft for kids and for everybody and just having a good time and and that's fine that's what a lot of of, of gamers are that's what a lot of streamers are is that they're wholesome good people who just want to provide good content for everybody and uh like me that's basically what i do yeah i play m-rated games but the truth of the matter is is that i don't do anything crazy i don't cuss or go on there's you're not going to see me putting it up any nudes or anything like that because i'm just not that way but uh, in, in reality, that's just not how a lot of Twitch operates. And there's a lot of folks who try to take advantage of the system. And again, they're trying to get people to go over to other websites. Uh, which Twitch has, has said, no, you can't do that. You cannot plug those websites. So they get around it by plugging their Twitter. And then on their Twitter, they plug that website. You know, that things, there's all these things around that, that, that get around it. But in, in reality, I, I still stand by the fact that I don't think a kid should be able to walk into a young lady's channel, see uh, this implied nudity, and then get funneled into her Twitter and then over to her OF. I, I just, I don't. I don't think that's right. I don't think kids should be subject to that. So, um, but Twitch has decided that they are no longer going to allow implied nudity. They're going to take that away from this the the, the meta. And once again, it's not because the uh, girls were doing anything that they thought was really wrong with the situation. It was guys. I have seen a few guys were going on Twitch and they were putting black bars over their naughty bits and streaming. So once again, just like with the the last sexual, uh, not sexual, uh, uh, artistic nudity uh, meta that they tried to put in last month, guys were starting to do it and they were like, oh, that's not what we wanted. So they decided to take it out. Same thing happens here. Guys start doing it. They take it out. So, so guys, let that be a lesson to you. If uh, you see something on Twitch that you do not like, do it yourself, and then Twitch will probably ban it. <laughs> At least that's the way it seems to, to operate for me, is that uh, they're okay with women doing it, but they're not okay with guys doing it. So, uh, That being said, I'm glad that, that Twitch is actually taking uh, advantage of that, and I will still stand by what I said uh, last month about uh, about this kind of content. If I were Twitch, I would just make a sister site, a mirrored site. I would just say, "Here's Twitch, normal Twitch, and then here's a Twitch Triple X, Twitch Adult, Twitch whatever, and then that's where you have your hot tub and your bikini streams and all that good stuff." Because I don't, I, I just, I really don't like the idea of, and not just kids. If, if I'm watching someone who's cooking because it's a cooking you know recipe stream which i i do partake in those from time to time because i like to cook uh I, I i'm okay with those but then you click on somebody else and then all of a sudden you're watching someone ride a poo noodle in a hot tub i don't i just to me that's not my thing now uh 
when I was young, it probably would have been, but it's not the kind of thing that I would be into now. And, and it's, it just makes it, it's a black eye on Twitch, in my opinion, to, to have that there. So if I were Twitch, they want to get this money. It's all about money is what it is. They want that sub money because these girls get a lot of subs, which is fine. If that's what they want, that's fine. Make a mirrored site. Let make sure that everyone is verified that's on that site is an adult that is 18 years old. I don't care what you have to do. Uh, I mean, they ask me, you ask you for your birthday when you sign on, which is what they're supposed to do. But then again, I've lied about my birthday before on these sites. I don't want these sites knowing, uh, or I didn't want these sites knowing, you know, all my vital statistics in case there was a, uh, you know, a hack or something like that. So I, I, I get that, but, but there has to be a way for them to verify and there needs to be a way for parents to closely monitor the kind of content their kids are consuming. But but I, I really think Twitch should uh, do a mirrored site, something that kids should uh, not be able to get into easily. And then you can have all your stuff there. You can have your bikini and hot tub. You can have your artistic nudity. You can have your uh, all that stuff. Because let's be honest, guys. I've said this before and I'll say it again. There's, the internet is half of that stuff. Like half of the internet is is all that debauchery and things like that. Love debauchery. That's a great word. Uh, a lot of that stuff is, is, is out there. There's tons of websites that are out there that do it. And Twitch secretly is trying to, not so secretly, but they're trying to cash in on that. They're trying to get this, uh, this, this money from, from these other websites that do this. They're trying to cash in on that. Uh, I, I guess they're hurting for sub money. I don't know. I don't know. I do know that the, supposedly there's more streamers than there are consumers right now, which is a problem. If you have more providers than you do consumers, then that is that is a problem. And I'm saying that as uh, a business major in college with a master's degree, as well as a streamer myself. I do stream, and yeah, it's it's difficult. It's very difficult. It's not just hitting a button and uh, all of a sudden you have 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 people in your, in your chat. No, that's just not how it works. These days you can do it, you can get on there, but, it's, but growth is slow. Exposure is very difficult, especially if you are not into uh, bikini and hot tub streams. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just hard. It's, it's not as easy as it should be, I think, in a lot of ways. If, but if I were Twitch, and Twitch, if you're listening, if you're really looking to get more people involved with, the, uh, with subs and, and, and making people bigger, what you need to do, quite frankly, is promote your smaller streamers. I mean, that's just all there is to it. When I sign on, on Twitch, uh, I go to the front page, and the first 10 people I see are huge streamers, you know, it's, they're, they're these massive streamers that don't need the viewership because they already have the viewership. You Twitch, you need to start putting smaller streamers in the, out there so they can become bigger and get bigger as you know, and bigger and bigger, and they can get sub money. And then they, then when they get to a certain size, you start promoting other streamers, you know, that that's the way it should be. But, uh, Twitch is, they're between a rock and a hard place, I suppose. They're much more interested right now in, in promoting their, their bigger streamers because that's where all their money is. But at the same time, once these streamers get so big that they sign on with other platforms, <coughs> kick, uh, or they you know, go make enough money and they retire or whatever, what are you going to do then? You know, it's, At some point, you think Pokimane is going to get tired of what she does. She doesn't stream hardly that any, as it is right now. So... Uh, what are you going to do when there's no Pokemane anymore? You have to do something. So, But that's just my two cents about it. I'm glad Twitch is removing it, but it, there's still a lot of issues Twitch is having and stuff that they need to personally fix themselves. 
Um, and if I were in charge, things would be completely different for, for the most part. But then again, I'm not in charge. So, I mean, what do I know? I'm just a, a 15-year industry veteran who has more video games than most people do combined. <laughs> No, I don't. Ha- I don't have a. My collection is not as big as a lot of, of some of the bigger ones you've seen. But I do have a pretty large collection. Um, I, I just. I just wish I would see Twitch worry more about the small streamer. They say they worry about uh, their all their creators, but in reality, I. I think they care mostly about the top, maybe ten percent, and then the bottom ninety percent. Who cares? You know. You, know, you could leave tomorrow and they wouldn't care. So that's my two cents on that. Thank you for listening to that. Now we're going to move right into our second topic today. And this is something that I really wanted to talk about because I just uh, played this game. I played the game when it first came out. And then I recently, I shouldn't say recently, a couple years ago, I bought it when it was on sale. It was a PlayStation sale and I got it for like $3 and I went, or $5. It was less than $5 is what it was. And I was like, really? Oh, wow. Okay. I'll, I'll play that again. And it's a, uh, it's a wonderful game and it's a very troubled franchise though. It's something that there's been trouble with, uh, over the years. It looks like now they're starting to, uh, pull the nose up a little bit, which is great, but we're going to go over Ghostbusters. Okay. So we're, and I'm talking about the game that was released, uh, back in like 2010 or whatever it was but to understand that game we need to first really kind of go over the Ghostbusters franchise and all the troubles that it really had um as I've told people told you guys many times I'm a late 70s brat which means Star Wars was my big thing but that also means as a kid I was in the 80s so I'm an 80s kid I'm a late 70s brat I'm an early I'm an 80s kid and uh, the 80s were different they were very different for the way entertainment was made for kids, the way toys were made for kids, and some of the most popular franchises that we still see today were created and still are out there right now. Uh, Transformers, He-Man, G.I. Joe, My Little Pony, all this stuff was made in the 80s, was created in the 80s, and it has carried over to where every so often they continue to reboot the things. Ninja Turtles is another one that was created in the 80s. A lot of stuff that they, they've they've done to where it, it's, it's just these huge franchises back in the 80s that keep rebooting, they go back to the well and they keep doing it, and it's like an evergreen thing. Every 10 years they can do a new Transformers line and people will still line up to buy the bloody things. That's just how it is. So... Ghostbusters was made in the 1980s, at least the the Ghostbusters that we're going to talk about, which I guess I should mention this right now. Uh, Ghostbusters, the name, is not owned by Sony. At least it wasn't owned by Sony. It might be now. No, it's owned by Universal now, back in, since 2016. So basically, uh, I say basically a lot. Back in the, uh, I think it was like the 50s, 1950s, uh, there was a lot of... TV shows out there that were kind of campy and goofy. That's where we got Munsters and things like that, although that might have been the 60s. But there's a lot of, of older Adams Family, a lot of campy, goofy kind of shows. And one of those shows that was created was a show called Ghostbusters. And it was two guys, and they had a pet gorilla. There was a guy in a suit, and it was just goofy and all that good stuff. And, uh, of course, it didn't go anywhere. It, did, it didn't go anywhere, so it kind of fell into this moratorium where no one knew anything about it, all that good stuff. And it was 
either purchased or be acquired by a company by the name of Filmation. Filmation, if you are an 80s brat, should be a very popular thing to you because Filmation did a lot of cartoons back in the 80s, including He-Man and She-Ra and uh, Brave Star and stuff like that. They were an animation studio and they did a lot of kids' cartoons and they were also very well known for being a cartoon uh, powerhouse to help your company make toys. So, you know, basically they would go to, I said basically again, they uh, take a, Mattel goes to Filmation and says, hey, here's He-Man, we want you to make a He-Man cartoon show to plug the toys. And Filmation says, sure, let's go ahead and do that. And then they would take all the toy, all the, the toy designs and all that and all the characters and the action figures and they would make, uh, make the characters out of them and, and make a TV show out of it. That's what they did. It was a very popular uh, thing to do during the 1980s was that you'd have a toy line that no one knew, knew what to do with. So the toy line would go to um, you know, Marvel or DC or an animation studio and say, we have this, uh, do something with it so we can sell some toys. And that's, that's how it was. Well, Filmation was real popular with that, but they had they owned the rights to the name Ghostbusters. Along comes... Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd is a comedian, uh, probably most well-known for Ghostbusters, quite frankly, but he he cut his teeth on Saturday Night Live, like a lot of comedians back in the 80s did. Uh, he, he was very, uh, he's very much into the occult. He's very much into supernatural things. He's He's like a nerd. He just likes to to read stuff about stuff that doesn't make sense, the paranormal and aliens and things like that. He's he's really into the conspiracy stuff. And not that he believes a whole lot of it. I don't know if he does or if he doesn't. But the thing is is that he still consumes it because he's interested in it. What if it is true? What if the Loch Ness monster is out there? You know, things like that. So, uh, he's writing a movie that he was calling uh, I don't know if he called it Ghostbusters right away, but he's 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 writing a, a Ghostbusters film, right? He's writing the, the Ghostbusters film, and it was initially supposed to star another comedian by the name of dun 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 Eddie Murphy. Now I know you're like, what? It's Bill Murray. You're right, Bill Murray was in it, but initially, the character of Winston Zedmore was going to be played by Eddie Murphy, and he was going to be the main character. Uh, Eddie Murphy turned it down, didn't want to do it. Dan Aykroyd and uh, the writers rewrote it. And uh, they managed to get Bill Murray to do it. And Bill Murray ended up taking over a lot of the stuff that would have been Winston Zedmore's character. He became about Peter Venkman, and then Winston Zedmore was the guy at the end of, uh, of the thing. And Ghostbusters, of course, uh, is a horror comedy movie, comedy horror movie. But at the same time, we have another trend in the 80s that happened, and that is that uh, Ghostbusters was not a kid's film. The initial Ghostbusters was not for kids. It really was not. It was uh, it was PG, parental guidance, but when kids, young kids watched it, it was a scary film. Those ghosts, a lot of those ghosts were really scary looking, you know, and, you know, you have uh, uh, Bill Murray walking around and, and making you know, sex jokes and, and all that. And it is, it was a film made for adults. It was an adult film, but a lot of franchises that were made in the eighties, for some reason, they tried to make them into kids uh, stuff. We had RoboCop, which was a rated X movie for violence. X for violence it ended up being a kid's uh, franchise. Uh, they made Rambo, John Rambo into a, a kid's franchise. Uh, police Academy, the Police Academy movies from, from the 80s were turned into a kid's cartoon show. So there was a lot of this uh, happening 
taking a property that was meant for adults and realizing there was actually some more legs in it if they went ahead and put it out for kids. So uh, Ghostbusters ended up doing that. Ghostbusters caught on, and it was a huge phenomenon. It was a brilliantly written film. It was brilliantly performed uh, you know, you know, by all the, the comedians involved. It was perfectly cast. It was a, a perfect storm of everything coming together to make a really iconic film and it's it's a great movie you can i mean I, I if you haven't seen it please do it's it's funny it's it's got its scary stuff it's it's absurd but it's just a lot of fun it really is and uh because of the success of it and especially when it caught on with the kids they decided to turn it into a cartoon show now this let's go back to filmation <laughs> Sorry if this is a little long-winded. Let's go back to Filmation. Filmation assumed when they gave up the rights to the name Ghostbusters for this film that they were doing it because they, when it, they were going to turn it into toys, they would come back and hire Filmation to make the cartoon show. That's not what happened. Uh, the, the Ghostbusters ended up going to Deke, which is another animation studio. Uh, a lot of folks in the 90s probably uh, know about them. I think they did Sailor Moon. Uh, they, they localized Sailor Moon for over here, I think. Not that I'm an expert on Sailor Moon, but I think they did that. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that Deke Entertainment did. They were a competitor to Filmation. So they go to Deke to make the Ghostbusters uh, cartoon show. And Filmation gets mad and makes their own Ghostbusters cartoon show. So technically in the 80s, we had two Ghostbusters cartoon shows. There was Ghostbusters, Filmation's Ghostbusters, and then there was the real Ghostbusters is what they were called. Uh, it's kind of funny, uh, if you watched the two shows, one of them was, one of them was written quite like, uh, it was a slapstick comedy movie or, or, or show that was the filmation Ghostbusters. There was actually canned laughter, I believe in there as well. And then you had the real Ghostbusters, which was funny, but it was basically just uh, an extension of the Ghostbusters movie. And, uh, it caught on really big, a lot of toys, the whole nine yards, and they did a sequel. They did end up doing Ghostbusters 2. Uh, as it, it stands, Ghostbusters 2 is not a horrible film, but it's also not anywhere as good as the first. So it didn't make as much, it didn't catch on, and there was a lot of hurt feelings over Ghostbusters 2 in particular between uh, Bill Murray and Harold Ramis. That ended up being a real big stickling point for, for at least Bill Murray for a while. And, and he and Harold Ramis had been friends they've worked together a lot they were in stripes they were they did groundhog day together as well and that's where it finally kind of uh blew over or blew up was uh, they they didn't talk for a long time and uh they did make up so it's it's not like that they, they but they really hated each other it's just that they i think they just needed the time out they needed some time apart from each other and that's where we come to bill murray bill murray is one of the most uh, charismatic and uh, funniest comedians of all time. His dry delivery, his false bravado, everything that he does, everything that he has done comedic-wise has inspired other comedians to do what they do and, and head into movies and, and all that good stuff and, and even the way movies are written because it's you can watch an, a Bill Murray movie and you can tell in some parts where he goes off script and ad-libs, and then you can do the same thing now when you watch uh, something that my girlfriend and I will do is we'll be watching a comedy movie and go, how do you, how did they do that? And it just comes down to that they ad-libbed it all. Uh, a great example of that was when we were watching the original Sonic the Hedgehog film uh, with, with Jim Carrey, and he did this dance number towards the end, 
And I looked at her and said, how did the director do this? And come to find out the director didn't. It was all uh, Jim Carrey. But but a lot of that stuff was comes from Bill Murray, the ability to uh, to do things. And he's a legend. He is an absolute legend. Uh, cannot deny that whatsoever. That being said, he is exceedingly fickle. And the reason why we have not seen anything from the Ghostbusters brand for a long time was because of Bill Murray. Bill Murray had hurt feelings after the second film. He had wanted nothing to do with uh, Ghostbusters at all. But Bill Murray also, he likes to kind of poke and prod a little bit. So he would randomly show up on at an awards show dressed as Peter Venkman for some reason. He he would he would do interviews and say, yeah, maybe if uh, they did one where if they did a new film where I died in the first act and I was a ghost the rest of the movie, I would do it. He he did stuff like that to kind of prod needle that, yeah, there might be a Ghostbusters three at some point. We're we're yeah, maybe, maybe. Well there really wasn't. And then we get to the game. Now I remember seeing that they were doing the game and going, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. And the reason why is because I've talked about it before. Uh, when you have a company that gets a, uh, a dedicated IP of something, you have to take into consideration how much the IP cost and how much money they're going to put in development and, and, and all that of the game. In the you know 80s and 90s, all the money went into acquiring the IP. There wasn't any money left over for uh, any anything else so they would that's why you got a lot of crappy uh, movie and TV tie-in games from the 80s and 90s and even into the 2000s and, and uh, all the way you know to 2010 2011 or so whatever uh, these days it's a little better uh, you know if there's not you don't see well first of all you don't see as many cash in games like that you're not going to walk into uh, Walmart and and pick up the you know a new game based off of uh, the Little Mermaid or anything like that. They they don't have that. They might have a free game to download on your iPad or whatnot, but they they it's not like it used to be where every movie and and every TV show had some sort of tie into it in the video game format. So you don't see it as much as 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 there there had been has been. So it's a little better. But I didn't know how I felt about this Ghostbusters game until I read the article about it. And it, what really uh, caught me about it that was I found interesting was the fact that Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd wrote the script for the game. They wrote the game. They, they it was it was from them that they did this. And and I and I read longer and I found out later they were getting all of the original cast back together that they could. So not only. Uh, was was uh, Daryl Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd in the game, but so was Ernie Hudson, and so was Bill Murray, and so was Annie Potts for crying out loud. The uh, Janine, the the uh, secretary, she's in the game. So the, it's just great that they they were doing that, and they were getting the band back together, so to speak. And it was really good that that uh, you know Bill Murray is is in the game. So when you play it, if you get the chance to play it, you go. That sounds a lot like Bill Murray. That's because it is Bill Murray. You know, he he they all provided their own voices, and I just really think that is a, a great thing. And I, I I hope we see some more of that uh, with a lot of these dedicated IPs that have an older fan base. Okay, uh, I, I'll bring it back to uh, you know I always talk about Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. 
was the same way uh, when they did the Shredder's Revenge. They got the band back together. All the, a lot of the voice actors who voiced characters in the original show, all four Ninja Turtles, Bebop and Rocksteady, they were all their original voices, and and I, I just think that's great. And uh, I, that's that just shows dedication and it shows respect to the fan base. So the the whole thing about this Ghostbusters game is is it's a lot of people call it Ghostbusters three. That's what they uh, have been saying because it was written and starred in by the people who basically created the series. And I just think that's uh, that's probably the best thing to put it. And unfortunately, we'll never get a proper Ghostbusters three because we did lose Harold Ramis, uh, Egon. Uh, we lost Egon. Uh, it really sucks. It just really sucks that we lost him. I, I do know that he and Bill Murray did make up uh, before he passed, so that's that's a, a wonderful thing to hear. But at the same time, it sucks that we'll never get a proper uh, you know sequel to it. Now, uh, if you want my opinion on the latest movie that came out a couple years ago, Afterlife, I thought it was great as far as nostalgia goes. It was great the way that they did that. But anyway, we're talking about the game. So they, they, this is the game that they brought out, and it takes place on Thanksgiving, and it's during the 80s. You can tell because all of the uh, Ghostbusters are, they're younger looking. You know, uh, Dan Aykroyd hadn't looked that way in 30 years. So they uh, they, they go back and they, they make them look uh, like they would have back during in the 80s. And for the most part, it hasn't, the graphics have not aged as well as you might have wanted. Uh, now, I'm playing it on an 8K television, and I'm playing it on my PlayStation 5, the PlayStation 4 version on my PlayStation 5. So it's going to show its flaws. Uh, that's what 8K TV does, I've noticed, is that uh, it does show flaws. It does basically reveal easily what's a green screen for movies and things like that so in the case of Ghostbusters here you can certainly tell that uh, it was made 10 12 years ago it's it still looks good but it doesn't look as good if you're expecting to see like uh, God of War Ragnarok kind of graphics in this game you're not going to see it but you play as a rookie you are a higher on for the Ghostbusters and your job is to tap beta test their equipment basically so if they have some sort of new proton beam or something like that they want you to test it out that's the thing is that they don't know if it's going to work or not which is a uh, joke in within the game and uh, to be completely honest the way the game plays is really cool you go around you catch ghosts and you get new equipment and you get money and you could upgrade the equipment you do have your your proton stream and your your uh, your your traps and things of that nature but then they they give you different weapons that do different things and it's pretty nice to uh, to, to see that uh, it's the gameplay is is good it, it does it does play well i do like the fact that uh, that you can do the proton stream and actually play out the movie that way because it's as a kid that's all a lot of us ever wanted to do was actually have a proton pack and to, to shoot out a beam at a ghost that was just awesome so that, that was really cool to, uh, to be able to do that. If you really want to know the, what the draw is, though, it's going to be uh, the interactions between the Ghostbusters and the story. It's, the, the gameplay, as, as good as it is, is always going to be secondary because of the fact that this is the last time that we are going to get to see uh, the original cast together. They're not going to be together together again because we no longer have Harold Ramis. So it is kind of unofficially a Ghostbusters 3 thing. And uh, 
that is going to be the, the 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 draw to the game. It really is the draw to the game. Is the fact that you get to see the cast together, you get to see them be comedic, you get to see them be sarcastic to each other, you get to go and uh, walk around the firehouse where the Ghostbusters are. They do have uh, references to the TV show as well. In particular, uh, Slimer. Uh, Slimer is uh, the green ghost that that uh, slimes Peter Venkman in the original film. But when they did the cartoon show, Slimer kind of became a uh, mascot character, so to speak, where he's supposed to, he, he was always haunting the firehouse and going around and he would eat all the food and, and uh, slime Peter is what he was supposed to do. That was the part of the comedic part of, of the cartoon show. So, and he caught on, Slimer caught on. And uh, that's, he's, you, there's references to him. They do, if you like Ghostbusters, there's lots of references to other things with Ghostbusters in there. I mean, you do see the painting of uh, Vigo uh, in uh, the firehouse as well. So there's lots of cool stuff for Ghostbusters fans in there. And uh, the nostalgia there is, is just great. Uh, but overall, uh, I really can't recommend the game enough. I kind of wish in the back of my mind that they would remaster it in some way because it, it does show its age graphically with the, with the uh, Ghostbusters characters. But at the same time, I don't know how the legal stuff would work with that, especially since you're not dealing with uh, Harold Ramis anymore. You're dealing with his estate. So I'm not entirely certain how that would, would work. But... Um, Overall, I'm glad we got it. You know, it's it's a nice send off. It's it was it's a fun game. It's got a great story to it. It's got really funny stuff, and you can get it cheap. Like I said, I bought it for like five bucks. I think it was on the the PlayStation Store. It was on sale, but still, it's it's not a an expensive game. Uh, the initial game did come out on the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. They did a Wii version and a PlayStation 2 version. I never played the Wii version because I don't like the Wii. But uh, those games, the Wii and the PlayStation version, don't have the uh, real-to-life looking characters uh, in the game. They make it more cartoony, you know, more more uh, animated looking is what they do with that. So that that's out there. And you so but but you can get it. It's not hard to find. I will tell you the game did have an odd publishing tree to go through. Initially, it was supposed to be uh, published by a company called Universal Vivendi. Uh, Universal Vivendi was was uh, most responsible for Blizzard games that they would uh, publish all the Blizzard stuff, including World of Warcraft. Well, they were always kind of wanting to take down. EA. EA was, uh, Electronic Arts was the big, big boy on campus at that point, and, and there was a lot of smaller publishers that were really trying to dethrone EA. Two of them in particular were Activision and Universal Vivendi. Well, someone got the idea that Universal Vivendi and Activision should merge, and they did, and that's where they became, at the time, they rivaled EA to be the world's largest uh, publisher of video games. Uh, I don't. I think EA still had them, but it wasn't by much. So they were actually became an actual competitor to EA. Of course, now Activision was purchased by Microsoft, so they are now a first party for uh, for the uh, Xbox. We still will see PlayStation stuff coming out. I'm sure. You know, I know that Call of Duty, for instance, which is published by Activision, uh, still will come out for the PlayStation. So that stuff is still going to happen. But how does that relate to Ghostbusters? So that Universal Vivendi was supposed to publish the Ghostbusters game. And unfortunately, when they merged, well, they decided they weren't going to publish it anymore. And they 
pulled it off of the uh, their, their launch schedule. I remember walking up to, because it was at conference time uh, when I was a manager for, for GameStop, around this time that this happened was around our conference time in August or September. August, I think it was. And I remember walking up to the Vivendi rep and saying, so what's this going to mean for Ghostbusters? Because I really wanted to play Ghostbusters. And he says, well, we haven't announced anything yet. Well, they hadn't announced anything yet because they, they didn't know. But at the same time, yeah, they, they, they didn't release the game. It was picked up by Atari, though, of all people. And Atari managed to uh, publish it. And they made I hope they made a lot of money off of it because it's a great game. So, like I said, it's not hard to find. You should be able to find it on your PlayStation and Xbox store. Uh, you, the discs are probably still out there as well. They're probably uh, easy to find. I own a copy of it on the uh, PlayStation 4, obviously, the digital version. But I also have the original Xbox 360 version over there on the shelf. So I played it a couple of times. And, and again, it's a great game. So if you are a, a fan at all of Ghostbusters, please play this game because it is uh, the last you're going to see of that group together. And it's... it's uh, just uh, really well done. So go ahead and give that a shot, okay? So that's going to do it for the podcast today. I'm re- really happy that we uh, got to talk about that. I do love Ghostbusters quite a bit. So that's, uh, you know, it's a big part of my childhood. It was w- what it was. And I'm just glad I got to uh, to, sh- to share that with you guys and go through the steps of what happened with the, for the, the franchise. Because it's a troubled franchise. You know, if, if Ghostbusters was not a travel franchise, we would probably be six or seven or eight or nine movies into the franchise by now. And in reality, uh, we only have two movies with the original cast. So it's it has been a troubled troubled franchise, and it's, I'm glad it's seeing new life. I hope the new movie that's coming out this year, uh, Frozen Empire, is good. We will see. I don't I don't know, but we will see. But I'm glad you you guys were able to listen to me talk about that. So. My plan for the next week is to uh, do what I usually do. Friday night, I will be on. As far as I know, Alex Knightley and I plan on playing Borderlands 3 on Friday night, as usual. Uh, And then on Sunday morning, we are still playing Arkham Knight. And uh, if I am not mistaken, when I finished the the stream earlier today, we had just gotten done with the Raish al Ghul stuff. Uh, The blood of the demon and the flights and all that good stuff. So we are now... After that part of the game, so we'll continue on in Arkham City. We are trying to do all of the uh, Riddler uh, trophies and riddles and things like that. I, I hope we, we're able to, to get through all those. I am trying to, to do all those, and obviously it's going to take us two or three times into every area to find all the riddles and things like that. There are over 400 riddles and trophies and challenges in that game for, uh, for Ed, and uh, while you don't have to do all the physical challenges to catch him, that's a lot of riddles, so that's a lot of stuff to do. So hopefully uh, we'll we'll be able to get through all that. So I definitely hope I will see you on my stream this weekend. Please pay attention to my Twitter at Evil Enigma. That is where I'm most active. Hopefully I'll make you smile this week. And uh, thanks for listening, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you. <laughs>